Hey all you sexy bookworms, welcome to this special episode of Shit We've Read After Dark. This episode features spicy, mature content, and the topics discussed may not be suitable for everyone. Please, take care as you listen. Now, light some candles and make yourself comfortable as we get ready to go deep deep into this book that is (laughs) we hope this episode is as good for you as it was for us (laughs) welcome to another episode of shit we've read after dark brought to you by google chrome not (laughs) not brought to you by opera a web browser i've never heard of (laughs) which nobody on this podcast is allowed to use anymore We're just gonna we're just gonna open wow. the bag. <laughs> I don't know if this is better or worse than my opening for Pride Month. <laughs> for content. Wow. Ooh, that's just a, that, that's just for us. That's just for the four of us in here uh, on yep. this audio podcast. Nobody okay. gets to know what that means. My name is Emma. Um, we are reading That Time I Got Drunk and Saved a Demon by Kimberly Lemming, and I am here with my wonderful co-host uh, Rigo. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Sure. Are you sure? <laughs> I am now. I am now that we figured out the technical difficulties. Uh, it only took I'm us sorry. like 40 minutes, but we here. We here and we're going. <laughs> we here indeed. We here. Uh, Laura, how you doing? I'm okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just okay. That. Just that. <laughs> I'm here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I read the book. <laughs> I got the book done in time for this, so proud of you. I get points for that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I that's why I was like, we gotta try our darn best to <laughs> we, are, we are making this happen, damn it. Exactly. <laughs> and Bella, how are you doing? Good. I'm feeling great. I'm ready to talk about this book. So especially after our our <laughs> into this I feel like I was on an NPC I was on like sleep mode I was like I'm just trying to save my energy I'm very tired today so I was like let me know when we're ready to go <laughs> well now that we're in and now that we're uh we're, we're getting into it what's everybody drinking Rico what are you drinking and what drink are you on what number drink are you on okay I am on my second I would have been on my first Ooh, sorry I was, really as I was waiting yeah, so I'm feeling great. Um, I am drinking a drink that I am naming The Sweet Spot. And if you've read this book, you know why. <laughs> oh, my God. And I if, you haven't, like if you haven't read this book, I'm sure you can still guess why it's called that. Yeah. Oh, it it, it is in honor of the main character, Cinnamon. It is uh, Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey, mm-hmm. uh, sweet okay. tea, and orange juice. Oh. oh. It's okay. not bad. Okay. It's not bad. It's interesting. Uh-huh. But I don't hate it. Laura, are you drinking anything fun? Uh, you know what? I am drinking mead. Hey! In my lovely Emma Skies mug. I recognize that. 2021. That's probably about right. Yeah, around there. 2020. Uh, they. I mean, mead is talked about multiple times. Not really a spoiler, but I was like, I feel like this is, you know. This is part of the theme. An appropriate drink for the Mead Mishaps book. I, uh, I've i never had mead before, so this is the first time. Um, Ooh, what do you think? 
Uh, it's, it's sickeningly sweet. Yes. Uh, I thought I liked sweet alcohol. <laughs> this is, might be a little too sweet, but I also did make myself like a little mini charcuterie board. So I'm like trying to, <sighs> to you know, um, nice. even that out. Board. But I made sure to include apples with cinnamon on it to also go with the book. Smart. And if you have brie on there, then it's yeah. also goes with the book. Yeah. I don't. Or like vegan brie. I don't know where to get vegan brie. Also, any vegans listening, don't come at me about the mead. I was going to ask. I <laughs> was going to ask you. Don't you dare. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I'm just going to stay over here and drink my vegan drink. <laughs> wow. Look. Oh Bella, what are you drinking? <laughs> Wow, nothing as savage as what Rico's drinking. Damn. He is on his second drink, everybody. The claws are out. Um, Damn. I want what he's having. Um, I am drinking Jamaica Agua Fresca, which is basically just hibiscus tea, but it's delicious. It's leftovers from the margaritas I made yesterday. So I didn't want to drink today. So yeah, I was like, something's... Something sweet and fun and I don't know. I, I didn't think theme. I was like, I have no idea what to drink that isn't alcohol. Yeah, no, I'm also off theme. Um, I'm drinking my usual bottom shelf barefoot fruit scotto. There's something so <laughs> fun good. about saying fruit scotto. Fruit like, it's scotto. Not, it's not just bottom shelf moscato. It's fruit scotto. That's it's that's terrible, but it tastes like candy. And that's all I need in life. And you can hear flavor. how much you love saying it when you say it. It's a fun word to say. A nice little <laughs> it rolls. Scotto. Yeah, I get it. I feel like I want to go to like a fancy wine club where everybody's wine tasting and spitting it out and go, oh, what kind of a what kind of fruit scottos you got back there? Do you have any, any, any vintage? What's the Wait, year on your fruit you, scotto? Are you supposed to spit out wine when you go wine tasting? Because I never have. Wow. Never. Plebe. I think it, uh, I don't know. I think that depends. No, those who spit it out are weak, okay? I'm going to leave there <laughs> six glasses of the wine drunk. We've done that already, Jason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a great time. I got COVID that weekend. Wow, I wonder why. <laughs> Probably drunk and going around kissing everybody. Classic. Anyway. Thanks. <laughs> Speaking of, our featured book this month was That Time I Got Drunk and Saved a Demon by Kimberly Lemming. This was my choice. This is a paranormal fantasy romance. It is book one of the Mead Mishaps series. Uh, It has a mature content warning for a reminder for everybody. This is an 18 plus book and thus an 18 plus podcast. If you're under 18, go to bed, turn it off, and don't tell us you're here. Uh, content warnings for this book for anybody wanting to be aware. Uh, this book contains light BDSM, dubcon, violence, and sexually explicit content that could trigger certain audiences. Now, because I'm hosting, do I get to choose who reads the synopsis? Sure. Yes. Damn. Bella, I feel like you never read the synopsis. <laughs> I, feel like I had a feeling it was going to be me I'm or it was going to be Rico. Just because Rico is always our The odds were in pick. my favor this time. It's just wow. not fair. Emma, I thought we agreed to bully Rico, but okay. Look, I read fine. it last time. <laughs> All right. No, I'm that's fair. Buck. This this is a fun this is a fun synopsis. So <clears throat> are you ready? Okay. 
All I wanted to do was live my life in peace. Maybe get a cat, expand my spice farm, really anything that doesn't involve going on a quest where an orc might rip my face off. But they say that the goddess has favorites. If so, I'm clearly not one of them. After saving the demon Fallon in a wine-drunk stupor, all he wanted to do was kill an evil witch enslaving his people. I mean, I get it, don't get me wrong, but he's dragging me along for the ride and I'm kind of peeved about it. On the bright side, he keeps burning off his shirt. And I feel like that doesn't do this book justice. No? Somehow. Somehow. It really does. It sets the tone for the humor. But I don't know. I don't think it gives too much of the plot away. So as always, we will start with non-spoiler first thoughts. So if you haven't read the book, you're able to listen to this part. This is all non-spoiler. We will give you a uh, very good heads up when we swap into spoiler territory. Uh, so Rico, starting with you, what did you think? Damn it! I was hoping you wouldn't pick me first. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure how I feel about this. We still have to pick on you. This. Okay. Um, <clears throat> before I give my thoughts, I want to say that I think romance novels, and in particular erotica, have a reputation of being lowbrow and kind of without merit amongst the the wider literary crowd. Um, but I want the record to show that this book taught me something, oh. um, which is that cinnamon grows on trees. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't which, know that either. Which I want to. I want to. I, I want to specify. It's it's less that I didn't know it, and more that I've just never given it any thought. Cinnamon bark yeah. in my life. If if someone were to have asked me where does cinnamon come from, I was like, well, it looks like it's a bark, so probably a tree. I would have guessed tree, but I never gave it any thought. And so when she's like talking about cinnamon farms, like, huh, that's weird. And yeah. Cinnamon comes from the grocery store, okay? Exactly. exactly. Not a tree. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Okay, first thoughts. Uh, much like last discussion we had with Winter's Orbit, I'm going to say I think this book just wasn't for me. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was fine. I think maybe the biggest reason why I didn't love it and was kind of annoyed, frustrated with it is... The whole alpha male, I see a woman, I'm into her, I want to marry her after three days, I'm going to kill everybody because they looked at her funny thing, is not for me. And mm -hmm. so the humor is great. Um, I really like most of the characters aside from the from Fallon, the main male character. Um, but that whole love story plot line, I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm over this. I feel like I've read this before. Um, so yeah, just not for me. Um, I'm sure people out there love that. And if so, full steam ahead for you. It's just not for me. Thanks. Romance is a really personalized genre because yeah. like, like mm -hmm. romance, I feel more than most other genres has a series of tropes that you can find within books. And there are some tropes that you're either going to love or you're going to hate. And if you mm -hmm. hate that trope, it does not matter how good or how fun the book around that trope is. If you don't like that trope, you're, you're fucked. It's not, it's not going to be a good time. So you're just not you're not feeling the the alpha hole trope, like an asshole, but he's an alpha. Yeah, yeah, no, I got it. Thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Know, it's, it's a little can, can you draw me a diagram? Compound. I'm more of a visual learner. <laughs> oh. Um, oh yeah, it wasn't really for me. Um, I, I I'm on board for seeing somebody and instantly like wanting them and instantly like having that like desire for them, like wanting to make them yours, like that. I'm on board for, but once. It was more than like than that, and it was like love immediately, and like this is my my person, my mate. Like I want to go. Okay, you've kind of lost all credibility for me. The story. Fair so, enough. Not, Fair not enough for me. Happens. 
<laughs> Laura, what did you think? Uh, I'm, I'm also not quite sure what I think about it. I would say for maybe slightly different reasons. Like, yes, Jason, I agree. It went a little fast sometimes. <laughs> but I feel like there were parts of the writing itself that kind of threw me off. Some of the pacing was a little weird, and it just felt weird having um having such a such a comfy, cozy, bright, happy story right next to a spicy scene. Just felt weird. Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, like I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, like I I get it. I, I get why people might like it, but it felt weird to me. Like I'm not expecting that kind of. It's like if we were reading you know, legends and lattes and then there was suddenly a sex scene would have felt really weird. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. Like I the very like I don't know, the first quarter of this book maybe is like this could exist in the same universe as Legends and Lattes. It could. But then the tonal shift between that and you know the first sex scene I was like, oh I I know that's where I was going, but I still wasn't ready for it. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Also being that we were reading this book for after dark, I was also expecting more sex. Fair enough. I don't think that's really a spoiler because that could really mean anything. <laughs> but I re that's what I was expecting. <laughs> All right. Okay. Bella. Oh my gosh. Well, I feel like I mostly liked the book. I think I have different, like, different thoughts. Like, it's interesting what Rico and Laura have brought up. My thing was like right off the bat, I was like, this is leaning really hard into comedy and like the super modern language. It's not always my favorite thing when reading fantasy. It just doesn't allow me to get into it. I'm like, I don't believe that this is happening in a village without running water and cable right. TV. Like yeah. this, this, this is trying really hard to just be a comedy that happens to be in a fantasy setting. Um, so that was really hard for me at first. I was like, I'm not going to like this book. Like this is, this is too modern for the setting. I just, I can't, the tone doesn't match. I don't like it. But then I feel like the character as she developed throughout the novel and we'll kind of get into it in like the spoiler section, but like as the romance bloomed, like it was still really modern, but her comedy, her tone softened. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't quite as like everything wasn't quite as much as like a snarky joke, which I love a snarky joke as our listeners probably know, but <laughs> just not. Would you say that once the plot got going and there was more for her to focus on and we had not yes. just her own internal monologue, she had more to think about. Yeah. I think that was definitely part of it. Um, because when it was just about her and like her living in the village and her family and like, Oh my God, what a demon. Um, yeah, I, I think once we had more to focus on, it became less noticeable to me uh, that this was like a very modern tone for a fantasy book. But I don't know. I wasn't too upset by the number of sex scenes. So I'm I'm curious about about Laura's and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more. But I felt like the second half of the book was like pretty balanced. It wasn't like super smutty like some of the books we've read, but I liked it. It was well balanced i liked how the scenes were written so i wasn't too mad about it i did feel like the adventure was very convenient and it does kind of wrap up by the end it's standalone in this one very short book which was interesting at least from what i could tell i don't know what the second book is about actually but yeah overall i liked it i had fun i'll read the next one so all right 
So as for me, this was my pick. Uh, so I was very excited going into this. I've been kind of eyeing this for a while. It just it just sounds it just sounds like a fun little time. And much yeah. like Rico and Laura, I don't really know how I ended up feeling about it. And I think it's not great. And now I feel bad because like we're kind of all <laughs> middling. I'm really glad you liked it, Bella, because I like to have that like difference. Because um, yeah. three of us are very like middling on it. I don't know, like. Like, I can see why people have fun with this book, but it just ticks so many boxes that I personally don't like. Where I was like, curious about that. Yeah, where it's like, these are the things yeah. that Emma doesn't like in a book, and it's like, this one, this one, and this one. So, like you mentioned, the modern slang. I hated the modern slang. <sighs> drove me the crazy. It drove me insane. Like, she's talking about, like, that seems kind of sus, and you're going to catch these hands, and, like, bro, and that's a whole-ass mood. And I was like, is this... What am I reading? Why does this sound like a Gen Zer wrote this? And that drives me nuts. And I talk about that anytime yeah. I see that in a fantasy novel. Like, And what's funny is, I mean, let's be real. The book is called That Time I Got Drunk and Saved a Demon. I was not expecting high fantasy writing. Like, I'm right. not expecting to read the Stormlight Archives here. Like, I'm just... I mean, but I do expect the writing to fit the aesthetic. And like you said, like yeah. it reads like the idea that none of this is happening in a village without running water or cable TV. Like none of that makes sense. And then there's some stuff where it becomes a problem because there are certain lines in this book. Because when you do that, when you're writing a high fantasy novel, you're writing a medieval setting and you have that modern language, you really have to be aware of where does that modern language come from? Because what does that imply the existence of? I.e. the line about mobsters? We're going to talk about that later because I have not stopped thinking about it since it happened. Um, cocaine is referenced like multiple yeah. times. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and it's like, that was this, weird. Yeah, all of these things you're saying imply the existence of other things that, you know, post-date medieval times. And like, it's it's a fantasy book. It's not like it's giving you a year. But there's an aesthetic, you know? Yeah. So it, it the... The modern slang and colloquialisms drove me up the wall. I felt I felt like the writing style was very juvenile, kind of choppy, very stream of consciousness. Um, and so, like, I I was just not gonna. I was not able to get past how much I didn't like the writing, mm -hmm. which was a bummer. Um, like Rico said, the insta love was a bit much for me. I don't like faded mates as a trope, and. This kind of gets close to faded mates. They never use that term. He does use the term mate, but like to your credit, like Rico, like actually, the thing I don't. Oh, go ahead. I'm pretty not for them, but that he does mention faded mates in this world. Yes, that they do exist. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. just not for mm -hmm. for them. Not and the for thing them, that because yeah. the thing that I don't like about faded mates is I feel like it's or mates in general is I feel like it's often used as a way to gloss over character development. Like you don't have yeah. to develop a relationship because they're just faded mates. Um, and I find it's often used as kind yeah. of like a lazy relationship builder. Um, and because I wouldn't be me if I didn't mention it, there's just a few too many typos in this book. Like it needed another round of editing. And we talked about this before. <laughs> we're like my line, like is my line for self-published higher or lower? Cause this is another self-published novel. And I, I was kind of okay with it until about like three quarters of the way through. And then we reached kind of my threshold. And then at the end, I feel like the last 15 pages in particular had a bunch. And I was like, was she just writing these last few pages really fast? I don't know, but it did have a few too many too many typos, and it was bummer because like on like not to you know to say the things that I liked, like I thought some of the character interactions were fun. Um, I thought the two of them were fun together. Once we kind of got there, the characters mm -hmm. all kind of feel very like flat, one dimensional. But like eh, it's, it's, 
it's kind of fun. The two of them, the two of them I had fun with. Um, mm-hmm. I, I might not have finished this book if it wasn't for the podcast. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. And I'm bummed. And considering how short pick. it is. It's super short. Yeah, well, I, that's it's like super short. Pages. So I'm like, that's, that says a lot. Like my Kindle was like two and a half hours. I think I finished it in two hours. Like it was not a long book. I think what it was is like if I was reading this without the podcast or if I had picked this up to test it first, if I had read the first two chapters, I think I would have just put it down and been like, I'm not going to like this book because it starts off so heavily with the mm-hmm. modern language and the writing style yeah. that I don't like. And like, I'd have been like, no, 100%. this is not for me. So maybe I should start testing books. No, that's that's exactly <laughs> like I started reading it last night. And so I was reading the first two chapters and I was like. Ooh, I do. This is a short book, but I do not like this yet. And then I was reading it today, like this morning and stuff. I was like, okay, it's getting better and better. And like, yeah, we'll talk more about like my nuance, like why I like it. But um, everything you said is very valid. And I also felt that way about it. So oh, and there's a pop culture reference because there's a whole line from Hamilton. I don't know if you guys caught that. I, I didn't. I, didn't. I, I don't a, think we we'll talk the about Hamilton it. one. Yeah, there's a whole Hamilton lyric in it. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, a bit of a bummer. I really wanted to like this. I have the second book because I bought the first two together. So I might try the first couple chapters of the second book, see how I feel about it. Because it I don't know. Better. Yeah, like maybe she got better after this novel. Um, she has another one coming out. I do imagine. So if you can't buy, I think you can still buy the ebook. You can't buy the physical currently. It's being republished um, through a traditional publisher. So I imagine it's going to get another round of edits, which will fix some of the the smaller issues. Um, But I mean, people people do love it. People really like this book. I keep seeing it called a cozy fantasy, and I would not call this a cozy fantasy. It's way too high stakes, and there's way too much depth for this. Yeah, that makes sense. I saw that too on Goodreads, and I was like, did they read the book? Yeah, I don't know. People don't really know what to classify as cozy fantasy yet. It's kind of yeah. the wild west out here. Like, again, it had cozy vibes at times, but yeah. I would never call it a cozy fantasy. Like, yeah, she talks a lot about food in the book, but I was like, that's not cozy fantasy. <laughs> like, that's I just a character who likes to chapters, eat. Yeah, the first two chapters when she's just in the village at the festival. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's yeah. cozy. And then mm-hmm. as soon as you yeah. introduce the demon and the lich queen and like all that shit, that's out the window. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm curious as to why the modern language didn't bother me because that's one of the biggest reasons I didn't love Gideon the Ninth. And I know I'm gonna get so much fucking hate because everybody loves that right. book. But like that that stood out to me in that book way more than this book. And if I had to guess, it's because I know the sequel to this book is called That Time I Got Drunk and Yeeted a Werewolf. And Yeet uh, is already very modern. Yeah. And so I think yeah. that set the tone for this series and set the tone for the writing, and I kind of knew that going into it because um, yeah the well, modern I think your, your expectation for going into a book like this versus your expectation to going into like hard sci-fi like Gideon very yeah. different yeah yeah so are we good on our non-spoiler talk do we want to move into our spoilers yes, yes please all right this is your warning everybody if you've not read this book or if you want to read this book and you don't want to be spoiled get the fuck out because we're gonna go so we're gonna do some spoilers <laughs> Laura, I don't know about you, but I am not ready for this heat. Uh, me neither. It's only May and we're already hitting over 90 degrees here in Sacramento. 
and it's only going to get hotter, which means it's more important than ever to make sure you stay hydrated. Yeah, but sometimes plain old water just doesn't cut it. What do you mean? Well, anytime I take my food truck out to an event, I am constantly having to refill my water bottle and I feel like I can never drink enough. And don't get me started on all of the attendees. After hours of dancing and partying in those hot temperatures, the first thing customers ask when they come up to the truck is if we have any drinks. Well, that's where Liquid IV comes in. With festival season upon us, planning for faster, efficient hydration is essential. And Liquid IV has you and all our listeners covered while you get ready before the festival, power through your favorite act, and recover after the weekend. Ooh, tell us more. Just one stick of Liquid IV and 16 ounces of water gets you five essential vitamins, two times faster hydration than water alone, with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. Wait, really? Oh yeah, I've been using Liquid IV for years and I love it. I have a box of the passion fruit flavors sitting on the top of my fridge so I can easily add it to my water bottle whenever I feel run down, before I head out on a hike to a secluded area to read a book, or just whenever I'm thirsty and want something with flavor. Laura, you know how you always tell me my skin looks so hydrated and refreshed? That's probably thanks to Liquid IV. I've literally never told you that. Yeah, that's because you're a horrible friend. While I, (laughs) on the other hand, am an amazing friend for telling you about Liquid IV. But if I haven't convinced you already, here's the best part. Liquid IV is more than just a hydration brand and believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. To that end, Liquid IV partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. Wow, that is so cool and definitely something to support. So Laura, what do you say? Are you ready to experience the Liquid IV difference for yourself? I am, and everyone listening can too. Right now, you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code SWRPOD at checkout. Again, that's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration using promo code SWRPOD at liquidiv.com. Is it good? Are you giving up enough time to hit the button? Fumbling with your phone in your car, trying to open Spotify? <laughs> Somebody's going to get in an accident trying to turn this um, off because they want to avoid spoilers? Oh All right. Okay. Um, okay. So content warning reminder. I'm looking at, we have we have notes. Rico is always very good about giving us a little outline um, for our, our uh, episodes here. Um, content warning reminder. I feel like we're going to get into this at some point. Um, we mentioned that the content warning was what? Light BDSM, Dubcon, violence, and sexually explicit content. How do we feel about the Dubcon warning? Can I get a definition of Dubcon? So Dubcon is dubious consent. So it's not quite non-consent, but it's not quite fully. So it's it's the scene that I would classify as yeah. being the Dubcon scene is their first sexual interaction. Mm-hmm. He basically says to her, he's like, you're, I know you're saying no because you feel like you have to, but you don't really want to. Yeah. And that, I think, is very much the Dubcon scene. Yeah. It made me a little uncomfortable. I'm going to I'll, I'll put uncomfy. it out there. Yeah. I didn't love it. I, I did kind of raise, like, a mental flag. I was like, I hope this is as far as we get with, like, dubious consent or not. 
consensual non I was like, it's not even consensual non-consent. Like I had to go back and reread it and be like, did I miss something? Is this did she consent and I just no. like, moved on? Um so yeah, I didn't I didn't love it, especially after all the other books we've read that have been so good about it. It was like an immediate red flag for the story. To his credit, so he says that line, but to his credit, before they actually do anything so he's that that oh, much yeah. comes off as like talking her into it but before they actually do into it to anything do into anything you know what i'm trying to say before they actually <laughs> get into anything he does make her verbally say the word yes he does yes so it's yes. like I, kimberly and that's what i was gonna was, bring up yeah like she's kind of walking this line of like having a dub con scene but also then making sure and so like there's obviously a gray area and a line to be walked of like whether including that in the first place like pressures somebody but in, the, in that case, it's like, well, it said it was going to have Dubcon. This is my first instance with yeah. Dubcon. I had never heard the term prior to this book. I figured out based on the context of what it was. Um, so I was on heightened alert for it because mm. like, I wonder how this will go. We'll see how I feel about this. And when that scene came up and I saw it was happening, um, I had no issues with it because the way I took it is like he is he's he would stop. He would stop he if would. she didn't want. Yeah. Right. Right. Like he he's trying to like do the cool like I know you want this blah, 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 that a lot of guys do and stuff. And that in itself can be creepy, maybe pushing the boundaries a little bit and, and maybe forcing her hand slightly. But we we kind of got her, a view inside her thoughts. We knew she was into him. He was kind of toying yeah. with the line. And so the fact that she agreed to it didn't come out of like the blue for me. Uh, it all made sense. It, I didn't think twice about it after that. And if I remember correctly, there is a point in the book where she says stop and she says no. And like he like immediately mm-hmm. is hands off. Right. Yes. My, yes. My yes. OK. Yeah. And yeah. I think this is a case where um, you can almost ma- you could almost make the argument that like a Dubcon uh, warning wasn't necessary because it then moves into consent. But the point that I wanted to bring up is that I feel like the the idea of overwarning is so much better than underwarning. Like I would rather right. you put in a yeah. warning, you're not quite sure if it's necessary, than leave it out and it definitely is necessary. Absolutely, yeah. So in terms of the like content warning, I think that was done pretty well. I think she included all the things that needed to be included there. The, the, the Lich Queen plot was, I feel, okay, I don't know if you guys felt like this. I feel like they explained it and I was, it was happening, but at no point did I really care. Like it was just, it was like a vehicle for the characters, right? Yeah. That whole plot just happened very quickly, very easily. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a vehicle to get, get people together and move this. Yeah. So for anybody who's listening, it's, it's the, the chalices thing. They have to, they have to destroy the four chalices and the chalices start like bubbling up tar for some reason. I can never quite figure out why they just did. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What? What killed it for me and what finally had me being like, wait a minute, what do we, what, this is awfully convenient, was when the dragon came to them and it had the chalice on it. I couldn't figure yeah. out why that it was had weird. The why yeah, what was the point? Because at no what? other point did they need that and, or had we established that, that I don't understand. <laughs> what happened there were they was she trying to make it to where the chalice is what's controlling the dragon i think so because once she broke it then he wasn't controlled anymore but like that had never been established why didn't she just have a mage do Um, some magic that's true well they did kind of talk about how like when the demons got closer to the cup which was like her essence right her power they did lose themselves in it a lot more even with like the cinnamon okay acting as a counterbalance Mm, so that was kind of my so but with you like i'm with you where i was reading it and i was like none of this makes sense and like 
having thought about it for a little bit, I'm like, it's probably that, that it was like, she wanted to control him better. And that like her being there, that was the Mm -hmm. only way for her to do that because she didn't have a body. Otherwise, like she was tied to these cups. Right. And that's where her power was. So she was like, well, the only way for me to like probably bring them down is to control him, but I have to be there. That's a risk I'm willing to take. But I was kind of like, is that a risk you're willing to take? Because they were coming to you. Like, why would you leave the protection? Yeah. And how did the cup get on the dragon? It's a great question. That I don't know. That is what I was curious about was like, because it was like tied in his hair. Like in his they hair. Have hair. But where was yeah. it when he was a man walking up to them? Uh, great question. <laughs> did it say that he had like really matted hair? Was it already in there? Or did he wear it? I, I can't fucking remember. I don't know. <laughs> it's a great question. I feel like we're thinking about this more than the author did. There were there were a lot of instances that I was yeah, and that was one of them where I was like, this is too convenient. It was less than two hundred pages. It's not a lot of room to think about these kind of things. You just gotta it's, yeah. just go. <laughs> So we talk, we, we always talk about the idea of like the breakup between or the balance between plot and smut. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about that here? I expected more smut. I already said that. I, I wanted more smut because the plot wasn't that great. Like, I, yeah. I honestly kept reading because I was like, all right, where's the sex? Where's the sex? Where is the sex? Yeah. And I, I was a little disappointed. A plot. Yeah, I the plot could have been anything. I was reading it for the smut scenes. Yeah. And what, so there were three and a quarter. There were like three and a quarter smut scenes. I'm mean, counting the interrupted blowjob as a quarter. Okay. So we got three and a quarter smut scenes, and they were all exactly the same. Mm-hmm. It was the same sex scene that followed the same steps with nearly the same dialogue in each one. I had a feeling you were going to call that out. I feel there was like we were in into the second one. I was like, Emma's Emma's gonna mention this. <laughs> That's not true. They weren't all the same. The first They're, one, he just fucked her thighs. Yeah, totally I mean, different. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. The first one did not that's include true. penetrative sex. Um, <laughs> but they all because that's what really the, counts for Rico. Yeah, they all follow the same like outline of like him going down on her and then them having sex and then them him flipping mm. her over and them ha- or no then he would flip her over and then they would have sex and then they would find somewhere and like it was the same i was like this is very formulaic i feel like i was expecting more after his dirty talk he did mm-hmm. talk a big game he had some yes, fucking he dirty talk and i was like whoa okay going to get some yeah. good scenes soon no i feel like I feel like this might be a good book for people who are wanting to be introduced to smut. Yeah. Like yeah. it's 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 smutty, but it's also a little safer. Yeah. Like if you're really bored of Colleen Hoover by now, this is a good book to pick up. <laughs> Call back to our earlier discussion that the, the doesn't get to know about. Yeah, we have true. secret conversations that you guys don't get to listen to. <laughs> I gotta say, if we're talking about smut scenes, we gotta talk about the way this woman describes an orgasm. Because there's two really terrible similes. Kimberly Lemming writes a lot of similes, and almost none of them make any sense. And there are two orgasm similes. I had to stop 
in the middle of a sex scene because I was laughing so hard in the worst way. And then it, I literally derailed me for like 20 minutes. I started explaining it to a couple of my friends. And then I picked the book back up, remembered where I was, read the simile again and started laughing again. And I don't have to look at my book. The podcast can vouch for the fact that I'm doing this right off the top of my head. Yes. The line is, my back arched as an orgasm ripped through me like a mobster collecting a debt. What oh, the yeah. fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Like a mobster collecting a debt. Did it break your knees? I don't understand. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Like a mobster collecting. You can't just say one thing like and then another thing. If they don't connect, that's not how similes work. <laughs> like a mobster collecting a debt. I don't understand. You know what? I read right over that and I was like, I don't know, but okay. <laughs> because not only does it not make sense, but it implies the existence of the mob that's, in yes, this universe. that's true. And the idea of mobsters violently collecting on debt. Like, I don't understand. I don't, I truly don't know the basis for what that means. Is she okay? It's so violent. <laughs> maybe mobsters collect debts with orgasms. It's a different world. I mean, maybe. True. You know, maybe that's what you, you a monster is in their world. Yeah, we never really learn too much about it. Monsters are sex workers <laughs> in this world. Yeah, what, other, what was the other one? Yeah. So the other, the other simile, and I, I don't know this one off the top of my head, unfortunately, um, and I should have marked it. But she likens the sound of his thighs clapping her ass to oh. uh, a sonnet. And yeah. I'm pretty sure as I was reading it, I don't think she meant to say sonnet because a sonnet is a poem. And I think she meant yeah. a song like she was going for melodic, Ooh. which, first of all, the line's ridiculous. But the whole like, that's fine. Like it kind of fits the ridiculous comedic tone. But I couldn't I was like, not this, not the poetic thigh or ass clapping. The poetic <laughs> ass clapping. What do you mean? What do you mean? It's like a sonnet. I remember that one because I thought that was really weird too. I remember that too. And I, I was, was like, like okay. maybe because it's a fantasy book, it was like sonnet versus song sounds more Shakespearean. I can't explain that one. I don't know. That's the closest I got. I was like, oh my God. The similes in this book <laughs> destroyed me. They I, I think she meant to say sonata. Sonata. That's what I, I thought. Nah, that, that's what a I sonata thought is a musical term. Yeah, not a sonnet. Yes. You're correct. Yes. And I was just looking at. I was like, a sonnet. Isn't that like? Because a sonnet is like very specifically like a 14 line poem with like a certain flow yeah. to it, like a certain iambic pentameter. Yeah. And I was, was going like, to say, yeah, he fucking clapped my think... cheeks in iambic pentameter. Yes, I was like, I don't <laughs> think this is what you meant to say. And there were so many. There are so many instances of like bizarre similes like that. And I think the thing, you know, people talk yeah. about, you know, we're talking about modern language and modern colloquialisms and slang and things like that. And it, it, I don't know about you guys, but for like me, it rips me so violently out of the story. Like again, in the middle of a smut scene, I had to put the book down and take a lap because I was like, this doesn't, I don't understand what's happening. So you've, you've lost all immersion. It's ripped me out of the story. What the fuck? like a mobster collecting debts i can't i can never that will be in my brain forever <laughs> i don't understand i need another glass of wine that needs to be a t-shirt that needs to be a t-shirt too <laughs> with a big question mark 
speaking of uh, interesting language, <laughs> I I I uh, I made a mark. This is I'm going to preface this with I was wrong. I, I I misunderstood it for the split second, but there's a part in the book. Uh, let me see if I can find it really quick. Uh, it says Fallon trailed his hand under my skirt, pushed my snack pocket aside, and gently caressed <laughs> my thigh before grabbing my ass. And for a split second, Did I was you like, think- I was like, is she referring to her vagina as a snack pocket? <laughs> And so I remembered. Oh no, she has a she has an underskirt that she literally has, has a pocket for snacks. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. But for a fucking quick second, I was like, "Holy shit, that is an interesting term for a vagina." That's that's oh, my that's new favorite. What I I'm good. I, I'm going to be honest. Oh. Just now, when you started reading that, I thought you were going to say you thought <laughs> you thought he was that it was referring to the <laughs> little extra cloth and panties. <laughs> Oh, like the gusset? <laughs> yes. It's horrible. Thank you. Because there's, there's jokes around online where men are asking, what is this extra piece of cloth for? for? And they're like, it's for snacks. <laughs> <laughs> I have and not heard that. That's so funny. That. I, I forgot about that. <laughs> I have seen that meme. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, we have a good time. We have a, we have a fun Fantastic. time here. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> we got snack pockets. We got mobster orgasms. Oh man! Poetic ass clapping. Um, oh my god! I need a second. Oh, that's good. Woo. All right. What's next? Oh my I, god, the Hamilton line. Did nobody else yeah, catch the Hamilton line? No, no, line? please share it. Please share. Yeah, tell I us. Yeah, I, I didn't took, either. I'll have to send it to you guys. I, I saw it, and I'm a, for anybody listening, I'm a huge Hamilton fan. I know every word and beat and breath of the entire three-hour play. I fucking love Hamilton. I've seen it tw- three times? Twice. Um, and so as soon as I read the line, I was like, that's a fucking Hamilton lyric. And it's the line where she's just freed all the demons and they're on the ship and they're like, give a toast. And she says, raise a glass to freedom, something she'll never take away from you again, uh, which is a literal Hamilton lyric. The uh, lyric is, or raise a glass to freedom, something they will never take away. And I was like staring at it and I'm like, that's, I, again, I kind of had to put the book down and like take a lap. And it's just, oh my God. It's the pop culture references, the modern references. They, oh, they kill me. They kill me. Like me, they're like designed for me specifically to hate them. <laughs> Gets me every time. <laughs> I, question. Are, are, you, are you, do you feel the same way when it's in like a, a modern book, modern setting book? I'm a little bit better about it with a contemporary, okay, with like a contemporary modern setting. I tend to do okay. Um, I don't love them. I tolerate them a little bit more. Because I often find pop culture references to kind of be a lazy way to try and connect with the reader. They also mm. date a book. Like, that's the fastest that's way to date my, a book. That's my pet peeve with So, books. like, there, yeah. there's one that I read last year, um, The Dead Romantics um, by Ashley Poston, is riddled with pop culture references. And it's it's a contemporary and it's modern day. But, like, I think that second sentence in the book is an X-Files reference. Like, it constantly is referencing pop culture things. And I'm just like, I live in this world. Like, I don't need all this. I, I understand. You're a dork. I get it. I've, the, 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 the idea has come across. Um, meanwhile, there's always an exception to every rule. I also recently read Love Theoretically by Allie Hazelwood. And a good 
98% of that book is just Twilight references. Still loved it. Incredible. Really good book. So like, I mean, everybody's got their line. Yeah. It has uh, to be done well. Has to be done yeah. Well. Like there, there has to be, I think there just has to be a reason for it. There has to be a reason for it. It has to make sense. Um, but yeah, especially in like a fantasy setting, the pop culture references destroy me. Right, Same. Yeah. We all, we all, we all caught the cokehead thing, right? Oh, that was so weird. Well, there's cocaine and it. Like it was mentioned. It's like, like coke. Times. They're on coke or something. I was like, mm-hmm. so yeah, your cokehead father. I was like, I was like, so, oh, that exists. Sure. Maybe maybe the mob is involved in the cocaine trade. There you go. Maybe cinnamon isn't really a a spice like in oh. Star Wars. It's like a spice <gasps> farm. Cinnamon's the street yes. name for it. Yeah. There you go. Because like someone pointed out on Goodreads, they're like, aren't cinnamon tree? It's cinnamon trees, so wouldn't it have been an orchard, not a farm? So it's like maybe maybe it was just all along. It was hidden right there. It was a drug farm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's giving the author a lot of credit. (laughs) A little off topic. I just wanted to say how uh, I actually did appreciate the fact that like most of the rando characters in this book have generic white men names. Felix. (laughs) Felix. Dave. Gary. (laughs) Gary. I didn't think about that. Why is that? Why is that a <laughs> thing? And like, was funny. That's such a thing in like these fantasy books where like the author uses modern language. Is like they really just lean into like generic white people names. It's really funny. I don't know. And then like the female characters had really funny names, Usha. like 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 Brie for a, a cheese seller, and then Cinnamon for the. Spice farmer. I did like <laughs> cinnamon all of, hot pepper. Cinnamon hot pepper. I liked all of that family's names. So you had cinnamon, mm-hmm. cumin, cumin, Chile, uh, um, cherry was cherry the was cherry. the sister, which mm-hmm. is the only one that's not a spice. Yep. Am I? I know. Yeah. I was interested. I was curious that's about why that. She had to die. I never explained it. <laughs> that's why they had to kill her. It's true. <laughs> Damn. It was an inside job. Sheep. They got rid of the black sheep. Damn. Wow. Holy shit. <laughs> That's where the mobsters came in. That was speaking of charity. How how the f did Cinnamon come upon the uh, apparently same monster that killed her? Very convenient. I that's why I thought I it made it. I didn't think until they said it explicitly later. I didn't think it was the same monster. Yeah, yeah. I, I assumed either. it was that's a psychological thing where it was like making her see something, and then they specifically say it's the same one. How did they and that's know where that? It lost me. Yeah. Also, I found it just really weird because it sounded like it was a Kelpie. Yeah. I just, I, just, I don't know. I felt weird that it kind of sounded like she was creating her own monsters, which are fine. But then also there are monsters in the world that we do know. So it was just like a weird mix. And it's like the monster that you just created is already a monster, though. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I have two things to say about that. Um, so I listened to the audiobook, and, and uh, I the narrator oh. I thought was was great, um, but she kept pronouncing Kraken like Craig Kraken, 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 Kraken with a G or it's a Kraken oh. maybe with a oh, G. No. It's definitely spelled Kraken. Yeah, and so I had to I had to go in as like oh maybe maybe it, she's changing the spelling a little bit to make it a new monster. No, but it was definitely like. I think she pronounced it like Kragen Auto Parts. It was like the Kragen attack. <laughs> and like, why is she pronouncing with the G? 
Uh, and yeah, so that's just a funny aside. Um, my bigger question about monsters in general is, in this world, demons is just a catch-all term for anything that's not human, right? Yes. Is that, is that the takeaway? Yes. I did not like that. I did. I thought that was lazy as fuck. Like a demon is its own specific type of monster. Yeah. That's why it when it turned me. out he was a dragon shifter, I was very confused. So I was like, wait, he's yeah. a demon, not a dragon shifter. And then the guy, like the snake guy, also a demon. The werewolf, yeah, the werewolf also, also, a demon. also a demon. Yeah. It's their term for monster or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But then later on, they referred to him as monsters too. So I was like, well, so you both, you got both. They're both demons and monsters. Yeah. That's a, I didn't think about that. That's a good point. Again, maybe it's part of the whole, like, they were told lies about demons their whole life. And then it was like, she was learning everything as she was on this journey. So, I don't know. No, I mean, like, this is definitely the kind of book that, like, is just, you have fun with it. Like, we were talking about earlier, the kind of, like, quote, unquote, turn your brain off and just have fun. But... (laughs) To that point, because a lot of times when you have critiques of those kinds of books, people will tell you, they're like, oh, you're just supposed to turn your brain off and have fun with it. And I don't buy that. Like, if that's the I think it depends. Sure. Like, if you want people to experience your book like that. But I don't think the author should be turning their brain off to write it so that when somebody has questions, like, these kind of that's questions shouldn't point. be arising. Like, if you want your readers to just be able to turn their brain off and have fun, then don't put in so many holes and questions that I can't turn it off. I feel like that's what it comes down to. And I think that's where like, you know, I was like, I mostly liked this book because I just stopped thinking Mm -hmm. because I had to read it for the podcast. I was like, you know what? We're just gonna, we're just gonna read this without our brain. And it was fun and it wasn't great, but like, it was a fun little journey and it made me sometimes think, but for the most part, I was like, that's weird. I'm not going to move on. Maybe they answer it later. Maybe, maybe they answer it later. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it was a good enough time that I finished it. It was short enough, but I, I think your point about like, should the author be going in with that as their intent when writing a story? I don't think so. Like, I still think that would make it, you know, a bad book is like, if there are all these questions and like, you have to turn your brain off to enjoy it. I don't think that's a good book. Like objectively. Maybe. From like a literary critique standpoint. I mean, Emma already said Was this. Was it a fun time? Sure. Maybe yeah. it gets better with the new publisher. Maybe. I'm always curious how much they're going to edit something. That, that's um, what I was going to ask. Because there's, yeah, there's a number of books that have kind of, you know, found this this path of success from self-publishing to traditional publishing. And I, what I'm imagining when they say that they're going in for re-edits, I'm fairly certain that just means they're doing copy edits. They're doing copy edits and they're doing line edits. Um, so they're they're fixing typos, basically. And there are a lot in this book. There are a lot to be found. There's a lot of, there's not a ton of misspelled words, but there's a lot of punctuation errors. There's a lot of um, dialogue errors. There's a couple of misused words. She, she manages to do one of my least favorite things, one of my personal pet peeves twice, which is where somebody confuses the word women and woman. Oh, drives me up the wall every time she did it twice where she wrote women where she meant to say woman um and there there were a couple especially in those last like 10 15 pages there were a couple points where i could tell she used the wrong word where she had meant to say something else but had typed a word that was close um so i think that tends to be what they fix when a book goes from uh self to trad the one that i know is very different so the atlas six went from the atlas six by olive blake went from self-published to traditional published and they changed the ending of the book so like 
if you wanted to read the Atlas Paradox, the second book, you had to find out what the ending was because they had changed the ending drastically from the original book to the self-published one hmm. or to the traditionally published one. So it might, I, it, my I think guess it just depends is on the book. Like, yeah, my guess is for something like this, it'll just be copy editing and line editing because um, it's not a big like Atlas Six is like a dark academia, like fantasy, like, you know, uh, book like that, as opposed to like, you know, this kind of fun romp. Um, so I, I'm imagining it'll probably just be copy edits and line edits. But who knows? Maybe they maybe they change something else. I don't know. Maybe. I'm trying to see. Well, Goodreads right now, the, the books that are out right now, the Kindle edition and the paperback are about 180, 190 pages. And then... If this is correct, the one that's coming out, traditional publish in January, is 336 pages. I'm going to guess that's not correct. <laughs> so that's a pretty drastic change. It's and the other, thing is, the, the other thing is, so um, the audio podcast is not going to get this, but I'm holding the traditionally published book. This is a lot bigger than your trade romance book. Like, it's it's a much taller, much wider book than you tend to get. So if you make this smaller and you make the formatting uh. bigger... You're going to get a lot more pages out of that. Mm -hmm. So I imagine they're probably going to have more pages just because of the way that it ends up formatted. Um, But the Goodreads like page counts that come out before, because what, what did I was, I was looking at something and it looked like it was going to be really, really long. And now I'm never going to think of it again, but the Goodreads page numbers, page counts aren't totally accurate before release. Um, I'm going to change the subject. Two things. First of all, I wish a rune existed that would prevent you from getting pregnant. So oh, yeah. easy. And did you notice it was on him and not on I, her? Yeah, yes. I like that. That was cool. Yes. Thank you. Oh, I appreciated <laughs> that so much. That was the one thing about Fallon that I liked. Great. That was great. <laughs> he took the initiative. And, I, and yeah, he didn't, yeah, he didn't like talk to her about it. He just did it. He and just I was did like, it. That's, that's the kind of non-consent we like. That's okay. <laughs> but... Uh, I will not to bring it back back down. Um, I felt a little weird about their first actual like sex with each other, full penetration happening after he had already marked her. Did anybody feel weird about that? Because marking her makes them more horny for each other. Like he called it the honeymoon phase, right? Oh, I see. What so you're I saying. felt like it kind of like forced them. And I was like, I want them to have sex before he marked It's like the equivalent her. of getting her drunk. Yeah, I guess, yeah, in a way, yeah. yes. Kind of, right? And I felt a little weird about it. I was like, wait, but like, it's just like, yes, I get it's just kind of like intensifying their need. But I was like, no, I want them to, I want them to experience that without that magic. Non-intoxicated. Yes. I don't like any, any of their relationship i thought all of it was just, <laughs> i i was not a fan of it whatsoever i mean rico did not like this i <laughs> i feel like there was, was not a good understanding of passage of time to right. buy into that relationship it was really fast and simultaneously mm-hmm. kind of seemed to drag mm-hmm. like it managed to yeah. do both yeah i could see that yeah, let's see. He he wanted to marry her after four days. Mm-hmm. They that's but normal like, that in those was, kinds of times. I was gonna say that actually felt <laughs> rather realistic to me. Where he was like, "Look, like you're brave. You killed a alligator. It was hot. 
you look good naked let's get married like that's kind of like more than a lot of people got at that time like it was like you have a goat i need a goat like i mean the goat's fine that's how marriage was done i'm on board with the goats that's fine i'm all about a dowry like (laughs) like i just appreciate that he was like we have fun you're hot you have an you kill you kill alligators i'm attracted to you let's go for it but but it made it weird because at that point it seems so uh practical he's like he's pointing out the reasons why marriage makes sense as opposed to like i just really fucking want to be with you right like yeah you you know i guess yeah you made the check you you meet all the checks the check marks yeah um i don't know the fact that they fucking got married before they're like third or fourth sex scene or the fuck like it ruined the last sex scene for me i was so i was so annoyed by that that point i kind of felt like that too i was like oh this is the last sex scene it's the end of the book do i have to read this it really was like and especially when you when when i realized that like it was the same sex scene i yes. skimmed it i was like i've read this twice before i'm i'm good like i got it understood I'm so bummed. I wanted to like this book so bad. I bought the first two, you guys. I bought both of them. <laughs> I remember uh, specifically when I bought these two, I was having a really bad day. And I was like, you know what's going to make me feel better? If I buy these books, then I'm going to have so much fun with them. I'm going to love them. And they're going to be so good. Fuck. The covers are great. The titles are great. Before you even brought it up, the, this was going to be your pick. Like it, They were on my radar. I'm kind of bummed that they're a disappointment, too. Oh, well. Like, I was just expecting good sex scenes. That's all I want. That's all yeah. I want out of these books. The I told- only thing that, like, was kind of nice was the dirty talk. That was, like, yeah. the most intense part of it. I just wish anything to back it up. Yeah. It's true. No, I yeah. um, I told, <laughs> if anybody heard the last episode that I was on <laughs> with After Dark, uh, I, I told my husband, by the way, I'm reading a dirty book for the next episode. And he's like, oh, great. Let me know when you need me. And I was like, yeah, so I'm halfway through, <laughs> through the book and there's no sex yet. Like, I'm and good. he's like, that doesn't sound like a dirty book. And I was like, that's what I thought. <laughs> and like, I wouldn't have even minded the timing <laughs> of like it taking that long to get sexy. <laughs> if they'd been good or had any variety. Yeah. Yeah. Or done the things. It's a dragon shifter. Have a little more imagination. Right. Hey, look, at least, at least... Uh, Cinnamon took advantage of the horns. Thank God. There we go. I did think about that. That was good. I, I was like, ah, oh, yes. <laughs> for yeah, like, there were know. like moments. Yeah. yeah. There listeners were like moments in moments. the sex scene. Yeah. There were there were little pieces <laughs> that I was like, this this is good. This is good. This mm-hmm. is the same. Mm-hmm. Again. Yeah. There were things about her writing that I really did enjoy. Um, yeah. there are certain choices she made throughout the book that I was a really big fan of. It was just the overall love story and the overall plot. It was like, uh, eh, which is, you know, what a book should be. Um, to your, to your credit, Emma, if she had wrote more unique sex scenes, a greater variety, mix it up a little bit, because I like the way she wrote the sex scenes. Like I like the language she used. It yeah. never at any point took me out of the sex scenes. Uh, so, so you liked the sweet spot? You liked? Oh, we didn't talk about the sweet was, spot. I, I name my drink after it, so you know I like the sweet spot. I wonder who is wow. that on Kindle and wants to search up sweet spot and see how many times that was used. I'll, I'll do it. I'm going a low. Can we guess? Seven. Yeah, that's all. Guess how many? What? I got eight, seven. Seven. Are we doing I mean, prices right eight. rules? 
going away. Closest without going over. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm gonna seven, eight. I'm gonna say ten. I'm gonna go All double right, digits. Right. Laura, you got a guess in already? Did you say? Oh, uh, I was gonna guess eight or nine. Okay, ready? Yeah, yeah. one of these, right? Eight. All right. I was right. There you go. Eight. Eight times nice. we talked about her sweet spot, which for anybody not caught on yet, it's the G spot. Uh, but for some reason, we can use every modern colloquialism in the world except G spot. Well, the person who found <laughs> it, the same after, is... doesn't exist in this world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what is it? The Gorgon spot? The, 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 uh, the Griffin spot? <laughs> True. The, what other mythical animals are there with G? I don't know. The giraffe spot. Gargoyle? Did you say gargoyle already? I got there. Rico is trying to drink. (laughs) He's dying. Half a second more. I could have got a spit take out of that. You really could have. Wow. Wow, well done. Okay. Giraffe spot. That's what I'm calling it from now on. They have really long tongues. That's like the thing you know about a giraffe, right? They also have spots. Oh my gosh. my second glass of wine i'm a lightweight i feel like that's accurate that's a that's a good name emma i'm gonna Uh, go with that giraffe spot i i want to share a note i made i don't want you to answer it i just want to share it okay what if i want to answer it it's not for you oh okay (laughs) (laughs) okay the note i wrote was it for this is yo well no the the actual note i wrote is does Emma have a demon kink? <laughs> that is, I mean, I've done two picks and they were both demons. You're not wrong. Because there was a line that that says, "It's your soul I'm going to take." I noticed that Her too. Soul to take. Yeah, sounds familiar. I feel like I've read this before. Okay. Yeah. No kink shaming. If that's she the didn't thing, ask that's fine, though. But. I'm gonna point out, Sin did not ask what that meant. The soul? Oh, it's taking the soul. Oh, yeah, yes. not. That was that never came. We, we never came back to that. It was just another another bit of flowery language. Okay, sorry. Go on. That's uh, it. I mean, better a demon kink than a tentacle kink. You know, I I'm fine with it. Wow, it's less weird to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of of uh, demon kinks, uh, this demon did not have a very good demon dick. I'm just gonna say that right now. No, did not. Well, he was in his human form. To be he fair. was a demon and a dragon and didn't have any kind of okay. special dick. Yeah. I'm so glad there was no dragon it dick. It was just really big, apparently. I'm so glad. Yeah, I could fuck out of here. One ridge. I, I, just don't, I just don't understand. She describes it as so big that she could not fit her hand all the way around it. Fine. Okay, cool. But they had had sex before that. And she did not say anything about how fucking painful that probably would have been when he first put it in. Oh, they never do. There, they never there do. Was, there was a note about it being a note, just un- uncomfortable, maybe or painful or something. She just, she just said like disbelief. she accommodated it or yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's part of the suspension of disbelief of reading, especially monster <sighs> romance and like paranormal romance. Is like it's always going to be just like they'll they'll mention like a little bit of pain just enough to get like that sort of masochism in it and then they just move on listen she brought a whole bottle and loaf of bread out of her snack pocket so like a dick is not gonna make a difference all right <laughs> Rico. 
It's a good comment. Because, yeah, we've done... So in her soul to take, we have a special demon dick. In Soul Eater, there was special demon, demon genitals. What mm-hmm. was our... What was our... Uh, Your Kraken book. Kraken dude didn't have special dick, but he did use his, his tentacles in special yeah. ways. Yeah, we had nothing nothing with this guy. Again, no imagination in the sex. That's that's too bad. Bummer. Yeah. All right. All right. So if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about this in terms of ratings, like what's what's the rating you're gonna put for this on your Goodreads? Rico, what's your rating? On Goodreads, I'm gonna give it a three. Okay. Laura? Same. Three. Bella? That's nicer than I thought you guys were gonna say. Even I'm like somewhere between like a two and a three. Like like I had fun because I read this for the podcast. I don't know that I'd recommend it to anybody. Well, I, I like there's other I mean, it's kinda like what Jason said yeah. in the beginning. It's not for me. Yeah. I acknowledge it's not for me, but I understand why other people like it. Yeah. I don't know that I would give yeah. it a lower rating just because it's not for me. I don't know. I just it's it's still like the story was weird, the pacing was weird, the tone was weird. That's where I'm like, eh, like a two eight, like Soft three is fair. Yeah, I think I'm at like a 2.5, 2.75 with this. Um, yeah. One of the things that I'll think about, too, is that as I rate more and more books, I get like a wider range of kind of what I think of ratings in general. And I just rated a book 2.5 like a week ago. And so I was like, do I think this was better than that? No, I don't. So how can I rate this higher than that? So I think this is about a 2.5. Yeah. Which I feel really bad about. I really yeah, want to write that. I really want to like You can't this rate half stars on Goodreads. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. So why would you rate I'll either round up or round down. I'll probably round up for this. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a three, and then I'll put in my review, like, 2.5 rounding up to three. Yeah. Storygraph lets you do quarter and half stars. But uh, Goodreads. Mm, I forgot about Storygraph. <laughs> Fascist. <laughs> Goodreads is the worst website in the world. I it's have awful. Storygraph. It really is. <laughs> And they refuse to I do anything about reviewing it. on it. Yeah. And yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Someone fix it. Okay, oh, what is it actually know. rated right now? It is currently a 4.07 and it has 16.5 thousand ratings. So like people like, and the thing, so we say this all the time, like even when we don't like one of our erotica books, it always has a pretty high rating because the, the people who are looking for this book are people who like this genre. They like erotica, mm-hmm. they like fantasy romance, they like this kind of stuff. And so you're always going to kind of get, I think, a higher rating than you will on something that's more widely popular, like litfic or uh, fantasy or like general, like general po- gen pop books, if you will. Um, that are read by a wider variety of people and have a lot more people who like don't tend to like something about it. But like if you're if you're reading that time I got drunk and saved a demon, it's probably because you really like this genre, and you're more likely to then enjoy this book. We have had a rash of I I feel like we've had quite a few books on After Dark for me at least, uh, and I'm trying to think of what you guys thought of them that were kind of mid. We're kind of having mid feelings on our books recently, so not to put too much pressure on whoever gets. I like the last book. one, Soul Eater. I was a fan of that one. Okay, all right. I did like that one. That one was pretty good. That, I think that's my of of the six. I think we've read. That's probably my favorite. That's right. You did really like that one. Okay, so it's just me. Her, no, her soul to take still has number one. The best one. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's mid. Even the honestly, even the Kraken one was like not that bad. So I didn't read the Thank the you. Thank you. the Jafar one, but <laughs> yeah, you don't need to read that yeah. one. 
So who <laughs> is picking next? Okay, should I should I spin the wheel? Spin the wheel. Uh. You got three left to pick, Laura, Bella, Jason. Okay, let's go. It's a very high-tech spinning wheel. Yeah, I love that it actually makes a sound. Oh, no. Is it Rico? Yeah, it's me. Hey! <laughs> Damn it, I was kind of hoping it wasn't me quite yet. You haven't even lived on the Kraken book, and it's time to pick again. All right, well, I hope you're ready for Kraken part two. Um, what are we going to make fun of Rico for the next year for? I have two Ooh. finalists. Oh, God. I wasn't quite ready. I um, think you should pick. Don't ask us. Flip a coin if you need to. All right, I have a giant six-sided die you see here. Right. Okay. Okay, Third. so I got one book and one book. Evens and odds. All right. Okay. Okay. It's an even. Even. So what's what's the book? So the book that I'm choosing. Oh no. Is um, and I'm, I don't think you've read this. I I didn't see it on your thing. Uh, it's called <laughs> Titan by Jillian Graves. Oh okay. I think I, know about that. I, think I was considering that book. It's a uh, gargoyles. It's a gargoyle. Oh, can, can you read what's on the cover to describe this book? Would you like to read the the, the bottom line? line? The piece? Yeah. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. A a gargoyle daddy dom romance. There we go. Do oh you, no. Do you see the name of the uh, series? Yeah, romancing his stone. Hell yeah. I'm in. I'm in for it. A so pun? I have not read this, but a friend of mine has, and she loves it. Great. Oh no. Great. Like y'all have some time to think about it and veto it if you want, but oh no, oh, no, we don't do vetoes. No, I, I refuse to veto. We got to do it. All right, then that's it. We're gonna, we're gonna. God damn it, though. <laughs> All right. She's looking for a sugar daddy. Yes. Oh, I'm excited. Yes, Emma's on board. I can tell. I'm on board. This is gonna be fun. I, I. I did my research. I well, first of all, my criteria is it's got to be kind of weird. I'm not gonna pick just mm -hmm, human on mm -hmm. human. It needs to be some something weird. Obviously. And then I was looking at the the synopsis, and I was like, all right, what's different than what we've read? And we haven't done a sugar daddy thing yet. We've um, not done sugar daddies, and we've not done gargoyles. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So the age of the tentacles is over. Long live the gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will right. be lowering right. my tentacle flag and raising. Oh my god, we're gonna be flag. reading. We're gonna be making so many hardest stone jokes. Wow, oh, bring it on! <sighs> Not bring gonna lie, though. I'm unironically excited. I feel like I have a good feeling about this. I feel like this is gonna be really fun. I am. I, I am so. interested in this book mostly because I read a webtoon that's kind of like this obviously not explicit because it can't be because it's webtoon uh but the creator has her own separate like patreon subscription stuff with x-rated stuff i don't subscribe to it uh -huh, but i sure. have seen we things that people repost and i'm like damn that's kind of hot <laughs> i just hate any like daddy kink? <laughs> no, thank you. Well, here Bella's we go. questioning every You're decision. You're gonna have fun with this life. one. <sighs> I hate it so much. I've spent my entire life not having like daddy issues, so now I just can't get behind the kink. No, 
I will hate it to the end of time, but I will read it, Rico, and I will judge Look, you for it. Look, there are only daddy issues if you have <laughs> issues with it, you know? Oh, my God. Wow. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. Um, I will say one of one of the first reviews I see on Goodreads starts, I don't like the daddy Don kink, and yet I loved this book. If I, you know what, I, I'll put it on the po- If I say that, like, I don't know, I... Rico, think of a bet, and we'll we'll talk about it on the next episode. But if I oh. if I eat my words, like y'all are my witnesses, you might but like. I Bella. don't think I will be saying that. <laughs> the there the uh, there's a Goodreads review on here that says I had to remember that I was a lesbian after reading this book. It was just so <laughs> flipping good. Hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> I. Oh, I don't like this. I'm excited. I'm gonna be. I'm stubborn. Let's see if my stubbornness wins. Tune in next time, y'all. Look, After Dark is not a competition, but I'm gonna win. Get out of here! All right, let's. Uh, all right, look forward to that. Look Ooh, forward all to right, that. if you have read this book, that time I got drunk and saved a demon, let us know what you thought on our socials at Shit We've Read on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and now Threads. Look at us moving on up. Oh we yeah. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at Emma Skies or on Instagram at Biblio Skies. And uh, I guess, I guess, I guess that's that. My wine is gone, so I guess that's that. I got one little squig. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Same. Same. <laughs> All right, drink's gone. I'm good. Bella, you want to chug your hibiscus tea? Done. No, there's too much left. <laughs> I already have to pee. Oh good. <laughs> well, we'll uh, see you all next time with our gargoyle daddy dumb romance. Uh. <laughs> Bye. Bye, y'all. <laughs> Shit We've Read After Dark is hosted by Laura Benson, Jason Rico, Bella Romero, and Emma Skies, with an introduction by Jessa Lee Windhouse and editing by Jason Rico. To join the discussion, find us at Shit We've Read on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. For more information about us or to request transcripts, please visit shitweavered.com. This podcast is part of the Bylo Network. Visit BYLO Network.com for more great geeky podcasts. And thank you so much for listening. <laughs>